This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. I'm Brandon. I'm here with my co-host, Josh. Hello. And we are the greatest American FPL players out there. Isn't that right, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I hope you start every podcast with, with that that awkward sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are, we're really the best. I mean, I'm close to being the best after game week one in the FPL. I can tell you my rank overall in the world right now is... Two million thirty-eight thousand three hundred and fifty-nine. So, I'm pretty close to the top. You know, uh, considering there are uh, a little more than three million people in the league. That's actually it's actually amazing, right? Because you, <laughs> and obviously it's week one. I'm sure you know next week you're gonna you know jump past one point five million of them or something like that. Uh, but I mean, to to be that far down one after one week. I mean, I'm 1.4 million, so yeah. I, I I barely have a head to snap. I I beat you by five points this week. We were, uh, but we were it was wa- such a crazy opening week. It was. We were watching this. Uh, we were briefly obsessed with this downfall Hitler bunker meme that was making the rounds today, where Hitler was just cursing everyone and saying, "Why can't I do well just once in game week one? Game week one is always just so tumultuous and emotional, and there's so much you think you know but you don't know going into it, and it it's, never works out." And of course, naturally, in that first week. Every single player who scores is a player you had on your team at one point, you know, because if, oh, yeah. if you're obsessive about it, you, you, you know, you go through every combination. <laughs> I mean, I, I had Nathan Redman in my team for like two weeks. Uh, it only took him out a couple days ago. And you, you thought know, he was so actually uh, Method Man's buddy, Redman, and you were like, I, I just I need a little Nathan flow Redman. in the midfield. Exactly, exactly. What's What's most worrying to me is not that uh, I did so poorly this week, but that I finished with 28 points, six below the league average. <laughs> and it always stings, no matter what, to be below the average. Because if you really pl- play diligently and regularly, it's rare that you are below the average. It's true. I mean, it was it was just a strange opening week. I mean, very few players who are 
you know, targeted to you know, who you'd expect to, to perform well. I mean, Eden Hazard, uh, Harry Kane, maybe less for Kane because he was on the road to Man the, U, Yeah, the entire Arsenal midfield. The entire Arsenal midfield. Uh, Sergio Aguero didn't come on until the, you know, in the 60th minute. Uh, so so sh- let's t- let's touch upon briefly how we watched this opening weekend because I I heard you say this uh, uh, on Saturday that the opening weekend of the Premier League is essentially a holiday. You wake it's up true. early; it's Christmas morning. It's true, uh, and we as as is our custom, we went to the Catskills <laughs> to yeah. watch the opening weekend. Yeah, it was uh, a little awkward because our fellow league mate uh, Trevor manager of Run and Riot FC, we were having a bachelor party for him at this rental up in the Catskills. So we were in a house. There were seven of us total. Um, I think three of us, me, you, and Trevor, were uh, Premier League fans. And the four other guys uh, could not give a shit about sports in general, I think. Thank God Trevor was. Because (laughs) if we were at a bachelor party and the guy didn't care about the Premier it was. I mean, the problem was it was almost too set up for us. I mean... You know, you're up in the mountains. I mean, all, all I read in the Airbnb was that there was no reception up there. And I was like, well, you know what? We'll just track the scores on our phone. Like, we could try to get them on the iPads, but it's probably not going to work. And then we get up there, and it's like a massive TV. Yeah, like multiple sports package. Yeah, multiple <laughs> dishes on the roof, giant high definition, sectional couches just surrounding this TV. It could not have been set up better for us to watch. Six hours. We also had a refrigerator full of about 150 cans of beer. So, yeah. It was amazing. So we were able to watch. uh, I mean, basically, I I felt like I watched as much Premier League as I would have if I were just at home. So I think we've got enough ammunition to get us through our episode for Game Week 1 here. We had a three-screen situation during the Saturday (laughs) game. So it it really was like being at home or at a sports bar. So what we're going to do is we're going to focus on three games, but basically give everyone a a quick recap of our thoughts on the opening week. And then later on in the podcast, we're going to look ahead to what's coming up in Game Week 2 and and, uh, players and fixtures that we're going to key in on. Uh, but first, Josh, uh, I thought we could just talk about our MVPs and our losers for this week. Um, we're each going to give one of each. So you want to start us off. Who was the one player uh, that you either either you had him in your squad or you watched him play and you thought, this guy, he's the MVP of the week? All right. Well, this one's uh, pretty obvious, but uh, Yaya Torre uh, definitely has to be the MVP of the week or Almost, it, and it's not a surprise if you've been playing fantasy for a few years to ha- to see something like this from Yaya Torre. I mean, he scored two two goals. One of them was a uh, was an absolute cracker, as they say, a uh, laser beam, a laser beam, if you will. I think and, that's a uh, term more more used in hockey, but we'll go with it. It was interesting too because I, you know, I mentioned before we started the, the recording that uh, you, you you're already seeing the effect of the chips, as they call them, the. Uh, the triple captain, the all out attack, the um, the bench boost, and somebody. How do you feel about that term, by the way? Chip. I don't like it at all. It sounds <laughs> really. It sounds. It sounds very British in a way that I don't care for. It's. Uh, but it's you just like not, you like hanging yeah. out in the casino and playing a little blackjack. Chips don't. Uh... I think it's, it. It sounds too gamey to mm-hmm. me. It's too. Um, I mean, I realize it's too lurid. I the fantasy league is a game, but if. if if I think about it as a game, it feels really lame. You know, <laughs> it's, it's more like a thing I'm doing as a way to watch. Yeah, I don't know. Just the chip thing doesn't quite work. What do you think about it? Uh, I actually kind of like it. Um, uh-huh. 
my assumption was we were going to go through the season and we would just call them buttons, um, like buttons you would press. Though I guess buttons also a reference to a card table object. Um, but I do prefer chip as opposed to button. It, it makes it feel, um, I don't know, it, it sounds sexy to me. I, w- I would prefer options. Okay. or <laughs> choices or, or ch- choices or uh birthrights even, even gimmicks would work for me i would, I would be fine with gimmicks so so uh, you were saying that uh somebody had yaya tori and they triple cap they played the triple captain chip with him right so they got uh 48 points from yaya alone and uh i think they they finished over 100 there's always someone and then any given week the highest scorer always has a ridiculous team no one ever has a a perfect team, you know, set for the long run that gets the uh, yeah the, the, that gets the the point total. The people with the top point total, they definitely fell backwards into it. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, what's your guess as to what Yaya's value is going to be at uh, this time next week? Because he's going to go up. Yeah, I assume that the price rise is the same as in years past, and I, which I believe means that he can only rise or fall uh, three tenths of a million. So you know he's, he's priced at eight point five right now, which which is a great price. I mean you know it's there's a lot of you know Monday morning quarterbacking with this stuff. Oh yeah, uh, need you know this is like prime knee jerk season. But honestly, I mean an eight point five million man man city player who is going to play every single game, who's always a threat to score, who you know missed some time last year with the African Cup of Nations, probably threw his game off a little bit. I mean, there are a lot of reasons to pick him up. You know, it seems very obvious now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's going to explode. Uh, I had uh, I had a more expensive Man City player, Raheem Sterling, who uh, missed a golden opportunity. Uh, it was uh, gross. I was watching it on my phone at work, and uh, I, I had that sort of um, G.I. Joe Cobra twin moment where I felt your, your face... Uh, scrunching up in pain as you, as you surely watched it <laughs> uh, it was it really was terrible uh i mean i don't know how we missed it it was i mean this is well so this is what we were talking about um or this is you know one thing i was thinking about when i was watching the games this weekend was that you know you start reading these articles and listening to podcasts whatever and suddenly these people are different than they were to like, as if people change that much in two months right like i didn't like having Raheem Sterling on my team last year when he played for Liverpool because he's a terrible finisher. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know his movement's great. He gets into good positions. He's super fast, uh, but he's not a great finisher, and um, it just it, it, it kills his fantasy value. And um, yeah, somehow you think the new context. He's like, oh, he's at Man City. He's going to be playing opposite David Silva. He's going to be getting all this great service. No problem. Right. But I don't think the problem was was chances for him with, with Liverpool. So, although I, I do think he'll have more chances with Man City. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that uh, the problem is really that he has to just square it up more. I mean, it's 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 sort of a Jack Wilshire problem too. Although Wilshire, um, I don't feel like Wilshire gets as many close range opportunities as Sterling gets. Uh, but you know, anyway. So yeah, I think um, so. He, so he's so yeah, he has my MVP. Uh, my my LVP or we gotta come up with a better term for this. We need like a, we need a cool term. Loser, just say loser. <laughs> loser of the week. Uh, I'm gonna give it to the entire Sunderland defense, uh, which is clearly picked up where it left off last year. Uh, just it's it's unreal. I mean, like no one does it quite like Sunderland. You know, they I basically won our league last year on the backs of the Sunderland defense on the stretch. Uh, but you just you know if you're gonna. PDA. If you're going to put Sunderland players in your team, you just have to know that you are going to have game weeks where they allow it four, six, eight, 
Yeah. Uh, how many goals did they allow in Southampton last year? Was it nine? Uh, I think ten? it was eight. Yeah. So it's going to happen. They're going to have games where they look like a league two or lower football team. And that's just, that's the price you pay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I kind of have two MVPs because when I was, I thought I immediately thought of one MVP and then I went straight to another because my favorite moment of the weekend was Riyad Mahrez from Leicester. When he, speaking of Sunderland's defense, uh, he absolutely broke Lee Cattermall in the penalty area and yeah. won the penalty. And it was just, it was such a piece of skill. And he um, obviously was dynamite in that game for Leicester. Yeah, talk about a guy who's had to rate his price to rise. I mean, I think he's, he's 5.5 uh, yeah. right now. Yep. Uh, Leicester have some pretty good fixtures coming up. Uh, he seems like a, a really clear pickup. And I I sort of have this plan in my head right now. It's it's a It's a... Kind of a, a two-week uh, Sergio Aguero plan, and uh, Marez had factored into it, but I think his price is going to rise too much to to make it work now. Yeah, I, I think okay. So my actual MVP, I'm not sure his price is immediately going to go up, but Jefferson Montero of Swansea mm-hmm. just looks so tasty against Chelsea on Saturday. He yeah. was rampant up and down the wings. He was working so hard. And he's got moves. He can move the ball. He can take defenders on one-on-one. He's going to get in the box. I could see him getting far more assists than goals, though, which could be an issue. Because right. what he likes to do is get to the end line and uh, cross the ball in. But at 6.0 for uh, a Swansea midfielder, looks like he'll be a regular starter yeah, I don't. I think at six point you know, I don't think you're going to get. You're both, starting to like, get to that that price threshold, aren't you? Yeah, you need a fourth midfielder, right? I mean, yeah. most 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 of the time you're going to be playing three four three, uh, you know, three defenders, four midfielders, three forwards, and I, you know, I just think that um, if you can just if you can consistently get assists, that's that's enough, right? I mean, you're it's very rare that you get what you got last year with with Sigurdsson, um, at least the first half of the season, where you're consistently getting goals and assists. Yeah. Now, my loser of the week, it's purely personal. I mean, everyone's jumping on the we hate Peter Cech bandwagon, but he was my starting goalkeeper. If if he let two goals in, fine. But the manner in which he let them in uh, as, a, as a fantasy manager fielding him were just so painful. A lot of the pundits are pointing to the back line of like leaving Cech out, out, hanging him out to dry on these goals. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, as as a big time keeper, I'm really expecting a lot more for him and from him in my squad. And as goalkeepers go, I'm probably stuck with him for quite a while here. I mean, yeah. frank, frankly, I'm not too. I'm, nor should I be too worried about it. Uh, you, the problem the problem is it's Arsenal, right? I mean, you just this is what they do. Um, yes, this happens every year. Um, I mean, you 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 know you have to luck into those stretches where you can pick up uh, Hector Bellerin during the like random seven week run where Arsenal doesn't let anybody score and wins every game for nothing. Uh, but otherwise it's just Arsenal, right? It's like something crazy is going to happen with a, you know, like Laurent Koscielny is suddenly going to allow a handball in the 89th minute of the game, uh, you know, or oh, he, he, he will crazy. not fail. As soon as you get Koscielny in your squad, he will get a red card uh, and give away a penalty. <laughs> it, it will happen. So we've we've agreed to talk about three uh, three standout fixtures on the weekend. Uh, so what did we what did we pick, Josh? 
Right. So three fixtures that have uh, that are that have some interesting fantasy implications, or um, you know, there's players that are that are worth talking about or worth keeping an eye on in these games. Um, you know, whatever, or just games we watched. You know, some mix of <laughs> so a, a fun game, perhaps <laughs> just fun a fun game, one. Perhaps. Uh, so um, just because I started to talk about it, let's 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 jump to the Arsenal game on Sunday uh, because this is really um, it was it was a crazy game. I mean, it was it, was, uh, it was certainly the one that had the most the wildest impact on most people's fantasy squads. Yeah, it was it was really inconceivable uh, <laughs> that they. I, I thought that I mean them allowing a goal or two makes sense, but the the defending was suicidal. I mean, it was absolutely it was really it yeah. was incredible. Yeah, uh, and the the tech was gone, um, and you can't blame them not having Alexis because they beat you know basically everybody they played in the off season without Alexis. Uh, yeah, the the feeling was uh, not even looking at the summer, but last year that um, midfield, despite some of the injuries, was pretty cohesive right. and had dynamite chemistry. You have a great off season as they did. That chemistry shouldn't even miss a beat heading into game week one. The one, the one caveat I would issue is that because West Ham was qualifying for their Europa League, and they actually just got knocked out, which is probably for the best for them anyway. Uh, they, yeah, they were, didn't they were, uh, their manager just field a completely ludicrous um, <laughs> under like under fifteen squad? He basically turned it into a training opportunity. I mean, every single game they played, somebody got a red card. So it was like they were systematically, like, it was all the top players, too. It was like Tompkins got a red card. Top uh, player, Tompkins. Yeah, well, you know, he's a, a defender you'd at least consider bringing in. Uh, I actually have a, um, uh, I have a West Ham defender, although I, I, it's, I have a Agbona. It was uh, Michael Davies on the Men in Blazers podcast said that James he thought James Tompkins was one of the most handsome players in the Premier League. I, I feel like only a Brit would say that, right? He's got that <laughs> big hair. I, I don't know. I, I don't. He's see got a nice though. jawline. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sacco got a red card in the Europa League qualifying too. So very strange. Uh, but I, so I think that you know they have been playing competitive games. I mean, assuming that they were actually trying to win. Certainly, I think once you get on the field, you're trying, right? I mean, I, I, you know, assuming. It's like uh, it's like when an NBA team tanks on the stretch. It's not that they aren't trying to win the game. You know, if you're there and you're playing, you're trying to win. Sure. You know, if you're if you're a rookie, you're trying to score. You're not like they're not actually uh, unless you unless you play in Syria. Right. Unless you play, yeah, that's true. Uh, so I think that uh, at least many of the players on uh, West Ham have been playing competitive matches for about six weeks now. Uh, so they may have been a little more up for this game, a little more ready. I mean, Arsenal, you know, the worst thing that could happen to Arsenal, as everybody who follows the Premier League knows, is for uh, somebody to say that uh, Arsenal is the team to beat or that Arsenal is looking good. Yeah, they don't or, do well with expectations. Yeah, if they're a title contender, they're in trouble. So, uh, so it's, just, it's just the same old chick. <laughs> It's never going to say old shit. Uh, I think that I think the biggest um, monkey wrench was Walcott, where everyone was. Uh, you captained him. I did captain him, and you know it, I did. That was too risky for my blood. Everyone was pegging him to start, and I, uh, and I guess this is something I touched on in our very first episode, where I'm generally a conservative manager, and I'm trying to do what I can to make um, bolder choices. Uh-huh. So, assuming Walcott starts that game, I feel like it's it's, it's a very sound in logic uh, captaincy choice. That's that's true, but uh, it's just that there, there was 
as long as that risk was there, it was going to be hard for me. To, I, I did bring him in myself, so I, you know, I, I thought he was going to start too. Uh, but just that 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 slight concern that he might. I mean, like you know, looking ahead to game week two. I mean, do you, you know, that's a game where he's a possible captain optioncy again, right? I mean, they're away to Crystal yeah. Palace. That's a that's a game that uh, is particularly given how they played against West Ham. You'd think. I, I could I could see them unloading on Crystal Palace, right? Mm-hmm. Scoring four or five goals in that game. Maybe, but Selhurst Park is is always kind of a difficult place to go play for teams. I think I think the atmosphere is pretty um, pretty raucous, and I mean Crystal Palace, great result. Pardew has got them whipped in shape. Went, yeah, whipped you, into shape. You, I, they, Johan they, Kabai at six point five million is a really interesting pickup. Yeah, who was almost on his way to Arsenal, right? Uh, I was he. I, I hadn't heard yeah, that. He was. He's oh, oh, a couple years ago. He's yeah. French. So. Yeah, yeah. A couple years ago, I think he was debating between Arsenal and um, and PSG, and I think he had a stronger chance to start at PSG, and I think that's why he went there instead. So uh, yeah, that might not be. I, I'm not convinced it could be a, a slaughter. You have to like Arsenal's chances, but I don't know if it's a slaughter. But it how? Like a, it feels like a real mess down the stretch, right? And, and, until if if they bring in Benzema, that clarifies things a little bit, but. If they don't, you're, you, you, I mean, you could be talking about 38 weeks where you don't know in any given week if uh, if Giroud is going to start or if Walcott's going to start. And it's just a it's a real headache, you know? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. just a, it's a Diego Costa-level headache, right? Yeah. Where it's just yeah. week in, week out, am I, are you going to get what you need? And, you know, I, that, that kind of doubt makes me really makes me inclined to maybe not have anybody in Arsenal for a while. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Where up. where do we stand with Arsenal now? After one week, too early to make any sweeping judgments, but I think everyone's feeling like they're taking a risk with any Arsenal player at this point. I think it's really, it's it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I you know... I, you know, I think there's that, ro- uh, there's always been rotation up front with Giroud. There was a lot of rotation yeah. in the midfield last season, particularly when they're in the midst of Champions League. Sané Cazorla's probably going to play most of the games, but he, you know, he, he's playing a lot further back right now, so uh, he is on penalties probably still. So that that's you know, it's a reason to, to at least think about him. But I, you know, I, I don't think he's quite worth the money. Yeah. Uh, Ozil, I'm unconvinced by, perhaps because I had him done the stretch last year, and he's. You know, I mean, if you look at the underlying data, you know, he's creating lots of chances, you know, uh, his, you know, he's in the box a lot, you know, shots are in the box, but he just isn't a consistent goal scorer. And, you know, it's he's in his third year now with Arsenal. It's just hard to see that changing all of a sudden. This is what I was talking about with, um, you know, Raheem Sterling, where, you know, two months have gone by. I mean, Ozil is not a fundamentally different player than he was in March of last year. No, no, he still likes to walk around. His, His favorite mode of transportation is walking. So <laughs> he's still I believe that he he's doing great things that that you can't see with the naked eye or you can if someone points it out. I, he's know, just he's moving so players, fast that it, it yeah. looks like he's barely moving. I like have to take it on faith that Ozil is a great player. Right. Because like the Michael Cox's and the. Oh, go and, just go you know, look up, look up all, a high, the, all the great soccer writers. Go uh, find a Real Madrid sizzle reel of Mesut Ozil and you'll see some pretty spectacular things. I think so you think if you think if they brought in a guy like Benzema, then Ozil will become more valuable, like a, a you know, a lethal scorer with uh, with with, you know, a strength and pace, which is what, you know, Walcott brings pace and and. um and uh, uh, yeah. 
I think it would benefit Arsenal on the whole. I don't know if it benefits the midfield. I mean, just from a strict fantasy perspective. Sure. Because the great thing, it actually might be worse for the Arsenal midfield because what Giroud does so well is he holds up the ball and lays the ball off for the midfielders to blast the ball into the roof of the net. If you get an out-and-out striker who every time he receives the ball is going to shoot, then the Arsenal midfield, where we're used to seeing them get five points uh, every weekend, um, they're probably going to, I would guess their point output would go down. Yeah, I, I it's, again, it's, so, which I, it looks like they might be bringing in uh, Benzema, which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm, I've mentioned him a couple times. Uh, that's, that, that's certainly the, it's, it's more than rumored at this point. It sounds like a, the rumors are so thick that you that you think that it, it, may, it may actually be something that's happening this year. I mean, Benzema and Arsenal has been rumored for what feels like several years now. So who knows? Uh, uh, to talk briefly about uh, West Ham. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is you, interesting because these yeah. guys are so cheap. Are you thinking about, uh, you know, I mean, their run of games is uh, pretty incredible. Uh, so the next uh, game weeks two and game weeks three are home to Leicester and home to Bournemouth. Bournemouth. We still haven't figured out how to say that. Bournemouth. Bernie Mouthy. Uh, Bernie Mouthy. Uh, game week four uh, is away to Liverpool. Then game week five is home to Newcastle. Uh, game week six is away to Man City. Game week seven is home to Norwich. So... That's four out of – I mean two games where you really wouldn't want to play uh, a West Ham player, but then four games where you, you really feel like you'd want one of those guys in there, right? Yeah. So uh, I have I have a Booner, and I'm, I'm certainly thinking about bringing in a midfielder. Um, I mean, how could you not be looking at Reese Oxford right now? Um, everyone – you know, he's really young. He's, what, uh, 16 and change. Yeah. But yeah. he is 4.0. He is – quite literally the cheapest player in the game among all other 4.0 players. But here he is on a clean sheet. He was getting forward. Uh, He played really well at the Emirates. He, and if he's starting in game week one at the Emirates, I don't see any reason why he's not starting every game this season. If he stays healthy and works hard. I think, I think you're right. It's certainly long-term, but the, the question is, Given that a lot of people are going to be wanting to make moves to bring in Aguero and to bring in uh, Lex Sanchez, uh, certainly, you know, in the next three or four weeks, you'd want to be bringing these players in. Uh, is there a move? Do you want to be do you want to be doing surgery in your defense already? You know, I mean, I, I guess yeah, if well, you had a really expensive defender, but, you know, yeah. if you're trying to if you're switch, switch, swooping out uh, Seb Coates for for, you know. Did I say that right? Don't give. Is, is it just Coates? Did I say Coates like in a really pretentious way? I can't remember. I can see his last name. Uh, I'm not a linguist. You're on okay. your own. I'm leaving. I'm going to leave you out there to die. Uh huh. But do you want? Uh, do you want to? Say, you know, like that. So that only gets you. You know, point five. I don't know. Or, or do I'm you, sure there are a lot of managers out, out there right now sitting on John Terry and Branislav Ivanovic and are um, not very happy with what they saw against Swansea and maybe. I mean that's three million right there if you swap Ivanovic out for Oxford. Yeah, and then and Chelsea's next game is away to Man City, so um, not a game where you. I mean, I, you know, I'm 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 always willing to bench uh, an expensive defender. Um, you know, I mean, it depends on just how much attacking threat they are. I mean, someone like Leighton Baines, you probably never bench, uh, but I wouldn't be afraid to bench John Terry uh, on the road to Man City. For sure, for sure. 
Um, I mean, I guess Zerati is kind of appealing. He's he's cheap, but um, that he's he's more of a bench player. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of these West Ham guys are great to have on your bench and, and to bring in during those fixtures. You were saying that are that that do look appealing. Yeah, maybe you just need one. Do you have, do you have Sacco? Am I right in thinking that? Uh, I don't have Sacco. He's one of those players that was in my lineup at one point. Um, yeah. Very tempting. By the way, this, uh, for, for all the listeners out there, this will be an ongoing theme where Josh has probably seen my team lineup about five or six times at this point, <laughs> and he will believe that I have a wildly different lineup than I do. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I just don't have your, your total recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the second fixture we wanted to discuss was, well, we were kind of leading into it with the Chelsea defense discussion. Chelsea-Swansea, which I think was my favorite game of the weekend. It was oh, sure. um, probably probably not the best played game, but it had the most narrative. It had the most, it was just kind of a wild one, right? It was probably the best played of all the Saturday games. I mean, it was... It's, you know, both teams really went for it, uh, which, I mean, I guess you could argue that both teams went for it in the, the Bournemouth-Aston uh, Villa game, but that was just a terrible game. I mean, yeah. they were just, uh, Bournemouth was too nervous. You know, they were, they were, they were trying too hard. I mean, yeah, they, the, but the ball was moving at about half speed in that game. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, the game, I mean, you already talked about, uh, you know, a couple of the players on Swansea who are really worth keeping an eye on. I mean, I use a 7 million midfielder. Uh, yeah, he looked incredibly hungry out there. Uh, Gomez is interesting. He's seven million as well, uh, but you know he's so frustrating. I mean, yeah, the guy, that's he's, how many he, offsides calls were there against him in that game? Yeah, and we were talking about this watching the game. You turned to me and you said Gomez is the sort of guy where it looks like he hasn't had an interesting thought in his entire <laughs> life. It's just he's got he's got one thing in mind. It looks like it's just attack. You know, just go for the goal, go for the goal. But that is going to hurt his BPS, right? Because. Yeah. Yeah, all those offsides calls are just killers. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's sort of the opposite of someone like Eden Hazard, where, you yeah. know, if Eden Hazard does anything in a game, he's online for three bonus points because he does so many of the little things. Yeah. So if you look um, at Gomez at 7.0, he's got the game tying uh, penalty, uh, but he's out at the 78th minute and he get, receives zero bonus points. I mean, this game was kind of crazy. Um, I mean, I know you're licking your chops because Aspilicueta got three bonus points, but how the <laughs> hell did he pull that one off? I have no idea. I mean, I, I still I, they apparently made some changes. Oh, this you got year. two two bonus points. I'm sorry, but, but still, still. <laughs> yeah, but still, <laughs> they allowed two goals. I don't know. Very strange. Uh, I you know I know they made some changes to the bonus point system. Uh, they were they were subtle. I know they involved the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were kind of. I think we'll have to see. Uh, you will have to wait a few more weeks to see how it plays out, and yeah. really, you know, get a, an idea of some of the underlying stats, and see if, uh, you know, if it, if it turns out that uh, the center defenders are more valuable than than um, than fullbacks, and you know, it's, it's too early to say. I think, yeah. but seems like every week this seems to happen, right? Some yeah. defender gets a crazy number of yeah. points. Yeah. No, Before we move on to the Chelsea players, it just we have to mention John Joe Shelby, and he looked. Uh, he looked really good in the midfield there and was really dictating the play of the ball. I just can't do it. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've been in the, the Shelby train. It was sort of like Victor Wanyama, who was so tempting as a 4.5 million midfielder, but I just, I wasn't ready to be back on the Shelby train. Oh yeah. We've all, we've all brought Shelby in after he scored, uh, after he scored his, his 
usual 40 yard screamer and then um you know gets a yellow card and uh, for descent in the next game i mean he's he's in his sixth year in the league uh the most goals he's ever scored in a season is six you know so he's just not it's not i I don't think it's worth it you know i mean especially when you for you know for just a little bit more you can get au who really looks like a you know someone to keep an eye on well, that's I'm a, keeping my a, eye on uh, you. Keep your eye on away, away you. I'll watch Shelby. We'll see okay. how their we'll see how their stocks. All right, run running. Uh, we'll keep a running total going. <laughs> okay, so Chelsea. What do we do with our Chelsea players? Hazard. He um, he sort of has a reputation for starting slow in the league, and you know there was there are lots of write ups saying, well, this is Hazard's season. This is the season where he jumps an echelon as as a player. Uh, but again, we see just in the in the first game week a bit of a slow start from him. Right, and you so you have you have Ivanovic and Oscar, right? And you're uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we have the same. <laughs> you, I think you, we have the same. We have the same two players, right? We have uh, Aspilicueta and uh, Hazard. Uh, no, I just have Hazard. Uh, oh, you just I, have Hazard. Yeah, I I featured Aspilicueta many game weeks last year, but uh, not this season. <laughs> well, you called it. I I missed that one. Yeah, so getting six out of Aspilicueta is is seems very fortunate. And he's he is great value looking at the Chelsea defense. Uh, I mean, the way it is now, I know they're uh, they're bringing in new left backs uh, every day now at Chelsea, but at six point in that defense, and he is going to be giving some service if. If Dave, as the Chelsea fans call him, continues yeah. to get starts, he's a good pick. Yeah, you know there's there was some quote that I was reading in the office when I was when I was doing my my research before the season where uh, uh, Mourinho called him the best left back in the world, and uh, you know they sent away um, uh, Felipe Luis, who was brought in basically to replace Espelicueta, uh, or at least compete with him for the starting spot. And uh, you know he went back to Spain. It just you know didn't he couldn't do it. Uh, so he didn't even you know, tell anyone he was going. He, Louise, he just left a note. He said, "Yeah, it was like the it was like the, it was like the old Hulk movie. He just had like a <laughs> like a bindle and a you know hitchhiked his way back to Spain." <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think you know I really wanted to bring in Ivanovic because uh, he has a you know history of starting incredibly strong. I, mean, I think he scored a goal in the first game week. I think it was three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think two of those were double game weeks, but you know still. Uh, and I think, um, but I just couldn't do it. I mean, I couldn't for $1 million, the consistency of stars that I was going to get with that was, was enough to justify bringing him in. Sure. Uh, I, I just couldn't afford I'd, a Chelsea defender the way I stacked up my midfield. Not that it paid any dividends whatsoever, but yeah. So I, I'm already planning to bench him for a week two. Okay. Uh, and I have a, I have a plan in place for game week two. Uh, I'm not smart enough to think too far beyond that. So I basically have a plan. <laughs> I have a plan for like the first three weeks, let's say, and then beyond that, I'm pretty much you know shit out of luck. So, so say say hypothetically, Chelsea had a really uh, good matchup next week. Like, say they were hosting Watford. Mm-hmm. Would you captain Hazard? Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the the results are there. I mean, you know. I, He's, you know, the last two years he scored. Actually, is it's the same number. He has fourteen goals and ten assists two years in a row. I mean, that guy is about as consistent as it gets. Uh, I mean, next week is sort of interesting because there are a lot, there are a lot of players who are really tempting uh, to captain uh, Wayne Rooney, Harry Kane, uh, possibly Theo Walcott. If if you you know Theo, if you if you if you 
you know, if you could buy into the idea that he was starting, he'd be someone that was worth, you know. Listen, Josh, I've told you a thousand times, game week one was the week to Captain Walcott. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was almost proven true. Uh, I think he almost had a shot on goal. And so, yeah. <laughs> we were close. Uh, so my interesting, the the one I'm sweating out a little bit is Hugo Lloris. Uh, I had uh, Pantamelon, Pantamelon, Harvey Pantilamon, Pantilamon. Thank you. Uh, I had him for. He sounds uh, a little bit like uh, a distant solar system. Yeah, Constance Pantilamon. It does actually. Uh, sounds like an actress uh, or something. <laughs> he sounds like a lot of things. Uh, I had uh, Pantelamon until uh, the day before the season started when I suddenly realized that Larice was exactly the same price and the fixtures are pretty comparable. And there's also a chance that he may end up at Man United. Uh, if, uh, they yeah, if that happens, then that's a that's a great buy, I think. Yeah. But I just ultimately, I mean, is, is, I mean, you know, if you if you Spurs will break your heart in much the same way that Arsenal will. But I just I couldn't justify. I know I realize that Pantamelon may, may get more um, save points over the course. I'm sure he'll get more save points over the course of the season. But you'd have to think that Larice is going to get you more uh, more clean sheets. Uh, you know, so I mean, especially because I, I you know the the Tottenham didn't make that many changes, but the changes that they did make were focused on tightening up their defense. Uh, although Danny Rose is apparently uh, injured right now. Um, uh, so. Danny Rose was uh, a guy I admired from a distance last season. Yeah, I mean, he's a, yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's, he's really young too, right? I think he's yeah. like 20, 21 or 22. Uh, so definitely one to keep an eye on. But they also brought in uh, Trippier, who, if he can break that starting lineup, could be really interesting. Uh, Someone really worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, they, Tottenham made a lot of really unsexy moves over the summer, but they shored up that defense with great players. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, Toby Alderwald from Southampton. Yeah. And he yeah. was one of their stronger-looking players and in he's this only, game against Man U. Yeah, and he's only five minutes. So I guess that kind of leads us right into that Man U game. Yeah, we're already uh, we're already there, man. We're already there. <laughs> so he is, yeah, and he's only $5 million, which is very reasonable. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he starts every week. Uh, so that's why I brought in Larice. Uh, I didn't start him last week uh, on the road to Man U. I, I started Schmeichel. It was kind of it was kind of a disappointing game, uh, mostly because I, I don't even understand how Leicester allowed two goals. Like they, I think they just got bored or something. Like they scored three goals so easily that they stopped trying as hard or something. So uh, yeah, uh, I think the biggest worry for me looking at Spurs is um, their midfield. Um, they because. They haven't solved any of their fantasy problems from last season, where Christian Eriksen goes completely invisible for an hour stretch. Right, and in the 75th minute, he suddenly is lethal, which yeah. he was in that game, too. Right at the very end, he started yeah. to create some chances. Yeah. Eric Lamella, like, how is he still even a thing? <laughs> I, I really don't yeah. understand that. Harry Kane was a little bit of a worry for me. Uh, I... I think I got a little suckered in by the rate my team uh, stats, which which made him seem like such an overwhelming. It, it's interesting, yeah, right? Because it's I think a really it, com- it's a really compelling price that the FPL put him at at nine point five because he was just yeah. dirt cheap. The value for money is probably unprecedented in the if, FPL from for last year. It felt like the bi- yeah well last year for sure, uh, and it felt like the big the big decision I think for a lot of managers was do you bring in Harry Kane or do you bring in Christian Benteke? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had both uh, many times over the last couple of weeks. And I, I also went with Kane. Um, I just wasn't sure. That, you know, there were so many changes to the front line at Liverpool that I, I was a little – I didn't 
I figured goals were coming, but I wasn't sure who was going to score them. You know, it wasn't it just wasn't clear who the. I mean, it's, it's very interesting, right? Because I mean, Danny Ings didn't even start in that game, so uh, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure that I Danny know what Ings that is, front he's line not going to play. Isn't he? I mean, he was he will, really yeah, he was he, really solid for he scored 11 goals last year for uh, for Burnley. Uh, yeah, he but, scored yeah. all eleven of Burnley's goals last year. <laughs> but he, I think he was injured for a stretch too. I, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I think Benteke is obviously the the starter in that in that um, in that lineup. But I thought with Benteke out um, or with that, yeah, that, yeah, uh, I, uh, I think it's might might you know play on his on the shoulder. I, I did start Benteke in my squad, and you are right. It, I I did feel like there was a risk there, and uh, he's I think only played one of the played one of the Liverpool preseason games. And it's for a hat trick, though, right? Well, yeah, but it does it does worry you though about the team chemistry, and which did bear out in the Stoke game on Sunday, yeah. where um, you know I actually didn't watch this game, but uh, we, were, I, we were we were returning from the Catskills. <laughs> we were in a minivan trying to con- <laughs> control some unruly thirty uh, year olds. <laughs> um, but I, I don't get the sense that he was getting a, a lot of great service during this game. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to, to to look at some of the some of the data from these from that game to see what um, see what kind of chances he created. Uh, you know, I mean, so but you know, this leads us to um, I mean, you didn't necessarily bring in Benteke for game week one. You brought him for game week two, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, because uh, Liverpool against Bournemouth at home, you've, you've, I'm feeling pretty good about what I could get out of that game. And Benteke is probably going to be keyed up in front of the home supporters and the whole team, frankly, meaning mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, my I had I also have uh, I'm one of the uh, many who I mean, Jordan Henderson, a uh, great value at 7.0. Yeah, truly. Um, if he can provide the service, that's a, a great one two combination. Yeah, I thought about Henderson, too. He's another player I had in my, t- you know, again, we're talking about game week one, right? Like this. Like there's probably a player you, like there's not a player you can name that yeah. I will, I didn't have my team at at one time or another. Some pundit earlier today I was listening to was saying, um, why bring in a target man like Benteke on a team like Liverpool who doesn't have anyone who can cross the ball? And I'm thinking that's crazy. Like Jordan Henderson has great delivery. Uh, James Milner, a wonderful wing player, can yeah. cross the ball in. Coutinho. Coutinho put it right to his feet. So I don't know. I like his chances. But and the other, oh, the other interesting player, just briefly uh, on that Liverpool team, is uh, Joseph Gomez, uh, who uh, ended up with all three bonus points in that game. Uh, right. And, so he starts in the defense. Uh, right. What's he? What's his value at? He's four point five million. So uh, it's a little, if, it's a little, ret- little rich for my blood. <laughs> with my Reese Oxford, yeah, I, I'm willing to only pay four for a defender. <laughs> so, but if you could get a four defender on West Ham and a four point five defender on Liverpool. Uh, that you know, if they're starting consistently, that could turn into a new template for a lot of teams. Yeah. Well, we did get sidetracked from Spurs United. Uh, how do how are you feeling about how United performed there and what their fantasy assets are looking like? Yeah, we really did. We ended up talking about Liverpool for five minutes, didn't we? Uh, yeah, a game, think, a team we didn't even watch. <laughs> I think that. Um, well, we talked about Spurs a bit already. Uh, Man United. Uh, you know, Memphis Depay was kind of who we thought he was, right? He was, uh, he looked uh, very strong and uh, was getting into good positions. And 
uh, was blasting the ball into the 30th row. Uh, basically, yeah. every chance he had. Uh, so our up, assumption is that that's a little bit nervous energy, and sure. it's a little bit waiting for the chemistry to. Yeah, uh, hard to hard to really evaluate. Yeah. Uh, looks like he was subbed off in the 67th minute. So, I mean, it wouldn't be a surprise if he didn't even start the next game. Uh, you could see Daily Blend coming in. It, you know, it's or not, not. Excuse me, not Daily Blend. Um, Andre Herrera. Yeah. Uh, you know, there there are. You know, Juan Mata uh, was was really disappointing. I'm not, I'm really off the Mata train. I know that some people were were looking at him as a as an interesting option at eight point five. He's just uh, turned into a very streaky FPL yeah. player. And not, and really, I feel like you're never getting explosive returns with Mata. There was never, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it, I feel like you don't get that moment where, um, you know, the the 21 point game or the you know the random like you know hat trick or, or two goals and an assist. Or yeah, that's it's, it's, uh, he he was sensational in that home game against Liverpool uh, yeah. last season. Was that a home game or was that at Anfield? Where... Uh, I think yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, so then Wayne Rooney, everyone had, everyone, Rooney benefited from, uh, dicey whether Diego Costa was going to start and also Aguero being doubtful. Wayne Rooney was everyone's lead striker, it seemed, this weekend. Hard not to have him. And it was disappointing that he didn't actually score that goal. He had the ball right at his feet, about five yards out. And Kyle Walker, like he's prone to do. Yeah, uh, just ruined given, everyone's fun. Given that everyone has Wayne Rooney, I mean, it's almost given that I didn't captain him. Uh, maybe it was for the best. They didn't score that. True, points. that's true. Um, because I think he was captained by like something like twenty percent of all the teams in the league. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, and you mentioned this with Loris. I think one of the more compelling things about United was their defense. And Chris Smalling looked. Everyone was talking about how uh, great Lauren Koscielny looked looking at, looked going into game week one. Mm-hmm. Strong central defender. Smalling, based on the first week, looked to be the central defender most improved over the summer. Yeah. So yes, I, I think he's a co-cap, or I think he's maybe an assistant captain this year too. So uh, you know, you expect him to play most games if he's healthy. Should call him. Uh, Bigling now. <laughs> I think that's 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 in the works actually. I think I think uh, Chevy wants that to happen, so I think it will. Okay, so looking at the fixtures, uh, I think we could just um, quickly run down the the ten uh, fixtures we have coming up in game week two, and we'll just we'll just throw our thoughts out there. Yeah, minute or less on each of them. So it's kind of exciting. This is. What probably not the first in history, but first in our, our our era of a Friday kickoff for a game week. So Villa and United. Villa are going to host United on Friday the fourteenth. Um, now, based on Villa's performance against Bournemouth, you like you have to like Villa's defense a bit. Um, I mean, Micah Richards definitely showed up for that game. Looks like yeah. a good signing. Wade Rooney has traditionally destroyed Aston Villa, so you know I don't know how much stock you put in that. I mean, it may give him more confidence going into that game. I, I don't know. You know, it's sort of do you, do you base it on what you saw like this week, or do you base it on what he's done over the last five years? Like, is that a relevant data point? It's kind of a kind of a toss up, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it's one of those classic games. I feel like could go either way. I, I remember. 
Liverpool um, playing against Villa early in the season last year, and I captained uh, Mario Balotelli going into that. Of course, that was before we knew how big the flameout would be with Mario. Yeah. Um, but Villa ended up winning that game one nothing, two nothing. I could see. I could see on any given day Villa actually getting a similar result against United. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know. That, that that's a tricky one. Um, I, I I could see a like I can envision a range of possibilities for that game. Um, okay, so how about Southampton Everton? Uh, the consensus seems to be that Everton is in trouble. They have lots of injuries, particularly on their defense. Yeah, and John Stones is a little unsettled. And then you have Southampton, a great attacking team. So um, I'm fielding Graziano Pelé right now in my strike force. That's a good matchup for him. Yeah, I have uh, Cedric uh, for Southampton, the defender. Who, who, As do I. Who was subbed off. Yeah, in the, so what, what's the deal yeah, there? I, You know, it was an injury. I'm not, I'm not really sure. He picked up a yellow card. Did he have, he, uh, did but he, he also had an, an assist. So it's it's, you know... I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm planning to start him, so we'll see. That that could turn into um, that could turn into um, a disaster. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see about that one. So are you uh, feeling are you feeling good about a clean sheet there? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm I mean, Ross good. Ross Barkley yeah. had brought his bazooka to uh, to that Norwich game. Yeah. Or uh, I'm sorry, the Watford game. Yeah, and he'd be an interesting player to keep an eye on, uh, just based on what he did. Two years ago, uh, last season was kind of a bust. Uh, though he was injured for a lot of it, uh, he's only six point five million too. So you know that's that's one. He's a player to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I I, I could see us on having a clean sheet in that game. So that's the uh, Southampton Everton. That's the early kickoff on Saturday morning. Then we've got our spate of ten a.m. If you're on the East Coast fixtures, uh, starting with Spurs and Stoke. I guess this yeah. is the this would be a game where you if you've got. Uh, Spurs assets, you really put them to the test. Yep, that, that's that's very true. I've got uh, I'll have two Spurs players in that game: Harry Kane and uh, Lloris. Uh, May Captain Kane, you know, it, it, does Lloris look ready to start? Uh, yeah, he actually played in the Spurs uh, under twenty one game today. Uh, I'm not buying for a second that that Lloris is under twenty one. <laughs> yeah, they're really pretty loose about that, aren't they? Uh, it seems like anybody can just go play in the under twenty ones. He's twenty eight years old. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's that is a little weird to me. Yeah, and the Stoke game, uh, I feel like that Stoke team is too. Uh, you got to wait till all the pieces sort themselves out. Uh, obviously, they brought in all that European talent this year. So, so. Shakiri looks to be close to a done deal at this point. Uh, I want that to happen so bad. Not even from a fantasy perspective. I just love that guy. Yeah, he looks like a rugby player. He is he is just like a, a beautiful looking man in in that in, in that, that way. Ab- yeah. way. He's like in that five three like you know. There was a guy. Um, he's the guy you want to show up on moving day to help you move your couch. Yeah, there was a player in the NHL who I can't think of his name right now, but his nickname was Little Ball of Hate. Uh, one of the great nicknames ever. Uh, and it might have been Fleur. I can't remember who it was, but that's kind of what I think of when I think of Shakiri, sort of a little ball of hate. So I don't, I wouldn't have anybody on, Spur, on Stoke for a little while still. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, we've got Sunderland Norwich. Um, I don't think either of us have any players, any Sunderland players over there, Yeah, Josh? I have I have Seb Coates, Coates, I think is how you say his last name. Uh, and I uh, plan to start him in that game, so... 
We'll see. Uh, you know, I mean, Sunderland. You know, last year they would they would lose five nothing and keep keep a clean sheet the next week. So you know, who knows what to what, what you're going to get from that game? Uh, yeah, I I uh, I might get on the Cameron Jerome bandwagon. Yeah, that's 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 the, interesting. The, the, the non-existent bandwagon. No, of course I won't. Uh, it's Cameron Jerome, but he's five <laughs> and he had that uh, spectacular disallowed goal. Uh, that's true. I I had never seen that before. Uh, a high like a there was like a high sticking penalty. It's you a high know? kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some referees are a little more lenient than others on that uh, dangerous play, and I think the the consensus is it was a, just a truly truly awful call, and, and I agree. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Swansea are one of our favorite teams, the hipster team of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're facing off against Newcastle, which definitely performed much better than anyone anticipated over this game week one weekend yeah it's true uh i don't know what to think about newcastle yet I mean, we I feel like we've already talked about swansea a little bit so i don't, I don't know if we know well before we started recording we um were we had just mentioned to each other the newcastle result and we both realized yeah we didn't even give a a, a single thought <laughs> to a single newcastle fpl yeah. asset Jan Mott might have been interesting if he was less than five million, but that would be the only. And maybe Stephen Taylor, uh, who's four million, uh, but you know, there's just I, I don't like to bring in a player like that because it's just too risky. I hate it in players who don't start. Yeah, I mean, Papa Cisse was a true force two or three seasons ago, yeah. but that goal he scored over the weekend um, was was kind of as as skillful as the goal that Dempsey scored against Portugal in the World Cup. Yeah. He yeah. basically just had to steamroll the ball over the over the goal line. Yeah, that's true. Uh then we got Watford West Brom, the battle of the the W Derby. Yeah, I'm excited about this game because I have Troy Deeney. He's my uh he's my forward. I uh, looked really good in the Everton game. Uh, he's huge. And, that, that picture uh, you sent me with him with the ball stuffed un, un, up under his shirt, he looked like a, uh, he just looked like a comical sitcom character. He's a fun. Like, he, he's, he's, like he basically looked like Fat Albert. He celebrated both goals with this like full throated open armed roar. And uh, it was, it was, he just seems like he's got that Harry Kane style. He's just really infectious, like infectious energy. Uh, you know, he's the captain of the team. He's on penalties. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what he can do um, in, in that game at home to West Brom. So West Ham, Leicester. Um, Leicester is coming off of a huge result, 4-2 to two against Sunderland. They look very potent going forward. Uh, but then letting in those uh, two goals does give me pause with my Robert Huth in the back line. I know you have Huth back there as well. It's uh, I this to me this is a really interesting game uh, this, of the Saturday fixtures. Uh, this is the one. This is the one game I really am kind of excited to. Yeah, two teams with blockbuster results in game week one yeah. immediately facing off against each other. One of them will continue the high. The other, not so much. Yeah, well done. That, <laughs> you're like Arlo White. That's incredible. <laughs> Uh, now, Crystal Palace uh, would be a team that I and probably a few other people would pick to be the Southampton of this season. Pardue teams, you know, start well, so certainly possible. Yeah, yeah, Pardue teams could start well and flame out. That's that is very true. Um, but then they are playing Arsenal, which uh, I think would be due for a bounce back. Maybe. Yeah, if you think about their terrible start against Aston Villa. Um, 
was that that was two seasons ago. So everyone was saying, oh, Arsenal, a bunch of mugs, Wenger out, what a terrible team. And then they went on some incredible uh, stretch of wins after that. So yeah. this could be the beginning of uh, the the seasonal Arsenal renaissance. <laughs> it's just, I think I want to get off the yard. I, I, I guess I'm just doomed now. I'm, I'm in too deep with that team. But it, it is for for those uh, heavily invested with Arsenal players. It's a tricky matchup because the temptation is to lay off your Arsenal players. But away to Crystal Palace is just questionable enough to keep the faith, right? I, I think I think you're right. Yeah, you got to hold your investment for one more week at least. And then the last fixture, okay, so no, we're actually Crystal Palace Arsenal. That's the first Sunday fixture. And then the uh, afternoon Sunday fixture is is the doozy, mm-hmm. Man City hosting Chelsea. What can you possibly predict for this game? It's hard to say. Uh, last year, the Man City-Chelsea game was fantastic. It was, the, uh, the, it was a 1-1 draw. It was the Frank Lampard game uh, where he, uh, he came out in the second half and scored an equalizer. Uh, Did he celebrate? No, he did not celebrate, of course. Uh, he did the, like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I have a stomach. Uh, so that game was actually really exciting. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, Mourinho, second week on the road. I mean, I would expect him to play for a 0-0 draw, but, you know, you wonder if the, um, you know, with what happened in the Swansea game, if that makes him a little more inclined to open up or... I mean, he, you know, I don't think that he's... Um, he's so shrewd. I think so that he pro- he'll probably just play the... I mean, I, I don't want to say safe, but I don't... Doesn't I seem don't think... the type to make an emotional decision. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Aguero, everyone's based... Since Aguero came in and looked very healthy uh, today, the day we're recording against West Brom, it could be his first start. Yeah, I, I just guess. don't see the I don't see the point of bringing him in yet, uh, yeah. unless unless you planned ahead and just left you know two or three million in the bank to bring him in in week two. Uh, I just don't. Um, I wouldn't burn points to bring him in. I'm not against Chelsea. So this uh, is really the week to uh, start putting the wheels in motion to get Aguero in in game if, week yeah. three or four. It's a tough call. I mean, the, I, I think, and maybe maybe. You'd, Maybe you just don't. Maybe you wait and see how it goes with him. I mean, he is so expensive that it really it is not an automatic decision to bring him in. I think um, you are because it's going to require sacrifices all up and down. I mean, obviously, if he goes in some run like he's done in the past, where where he you know is getting two, three, one, three, two goals in five games, then then it could you know it could it could be a real disaster. You'd be a real uh, chump if you. If you <laughs> real if... chump. Uh, but then he also gets injured a lot. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I am planning to bring him in at some point. Um, I'm not sure what week that's going to happen, but I would not do it in week two. Yeah, it's so tricky because at this point, everyone so carefully built their teams and they all teeter on 0.5 million. It's um, it's going to take people uh, quite a while to get figure how to get Aguero into their lineup. Yeah, exactly. And then the uh, Monday fixture for game week two, Liverpool-Bournemouth. That is, we touched upon earlier the attacking potential for Liverpool in this game and and how they're going to respond to their home opener for this season. I like the looks of Benteke in this game. And Bournemouth is um, Cinderella, a team as they are, and how likable. I did think that they looked a little slow on the ball 
playing Villa this weekend. It's a and- weird game. I, I think it's hard to know what you're going to get with them. I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, you just don't know if they were not, if there was no flow because they were so nervous. You yeah. know, I mean, it was the featured game um, on Saturday. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was just um, the pressure had to get to them a little bit, right? So, Josh, uh, we're, in, we're now definitely in the throes of the 50-buck cup, which is our head-to-head competition. Mm-hmm. You ended up, what did you say you beat me by, four points? I think five points. You, five you, points? You finished with 28 points? I had 28, yeah. I had, th- I had 33. So you're officially up on the 1-0. Uh, please wish me luck. Uh, don't run away with it. Let's, let's keep it interesting, at least for all those... Uh, the numerous podcast fans out there. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook. We are always cheating on Facebook. That's right. We also have an Instagram. Um, we have zero pictures on our Instagram, but um, you can still follow us. We're also at Hail Cheaters there. That's Hail Cheaters. Like we're saying hi. Hi to all of our fans. Hail Cheaters. <laughs> and if you're enjoying the podcast, uh, you can definitely subscribe to us on iTunes leave your comments and find us at alwayscheating.com where all of this information lies for you. All right, Brandon, I'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. Good luck. Yeah, you too. Thanks. You hesitatedly, hesit- hesitantly uh, wish me good <laughs> no, luck. No, I meant it, though. I, I was a, we'll call it a Skype stutter. <laughs>